Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. Judy Tears, otherwise of me, Nancy Richards, talking women, and uh, to helping me do that, we have Hazel Mikrozini and Albert Clarkson, and we have you, and what we're going to start off with today is uh, going to be talking to a multi-talented woman, she's from Limpopo, she's Julia Fane, and she's, uh, she does all sorts of things, she's a singer, songwriter, she's uh, a motivational speaker, and she's written a number of books, so hopefully we'll have enough time to hear all about the things that she does. After that, we'll be talking, switching to Nelspreit, talking to Lungile Mgluli. Sorry, she's uh, the editor of a soon-to-be-released magazine called Achieve, and she is going to be our mole from Nelspreit, or our soon-to-be mole, perhaps I should say. And then after the news headlines, well, it's filmmaking all the way. We're going to be talking first to Tony Strasbourg. She is uh, Strasbourg, sorry. She's uh, written a book called Fractured Lives, which is all about her journey covering wars in southern Africa during the 80s and 90s. What? Testing times, I'm sure they were, and uh, putting together the book must have taken her right back there, where we look forward to hearing just some of her many, many stories. And to close, another filmmaker, she's Danny Flockton, who won the 48-hour film competition. I've been calling it 24, but it is, in fact, 48 hours. Well, she made a film in just 48 hours, won herself the local wing, as it were, of the competition here in South Africa, got sent out to Hollywood, where she came third amongst goodness knows how many other filmmakers and guess what she's going off to Cannes very soon so looking forward to hearing that story well done to her and her team so that's what we've got lined up hope you're going to stay with us but uh, what's news well what's news is that tomorrow is World Press Freedom Day and here's something to think about in terms of women in the press found this uh, report from the UK on how women are depicted in the newspapers and it was a study that was surveyed 11 newspapers over a period of two weeks and in their 2,000 page verdict which means that they uh, did a pretty thorough job the report says that some papers often fail to show consistent respect for the dignity and equality of women generally. Now, do bear in mind that this is a UK report, and a similar report on portrayal of women in South Africa may be a little bit different. But just to give you an idea, here's a bit of feedback on what the report had to say. In many cases, there's no marked difference between pornography and some of the pictures in the tabloids, they say. It found that excessive objectification of women in some parts of the press, reducing them entirely to sexual commodities in a way that would not be broadcast on television nor allowed in the workplace because of equality legislation. Stories, they say, were used to objectify women. Uh, for example, a story in The Sun, scientific proof, they say. Coco's buttocks declared 100% real, with nothing more than an opportunity to print a photograph of a woman in a G-string. It serves no news value and is solely based on objectifying and sexualizing Coco as a body part. However, journalist Edwin Smith says it's a free market, and he has written about the portrayal of women in the media. The papers are obliged by economic forces to show pictures of attractive women. He says, I remember hearing from wizened old hacks that both men and women are more likely to read a story when it's accompanied by a picture of an attractive woman. A more attractive woman. And once upon a time, he says, the debate was dominated by page three, and uh, you might remember that's from The Sun in the UK, where they had traditionally had sort of girly picture in the, on page three. But there are different types of objectification today, he says. On the one hand, there are the Kardashian curves and bikini tableau of male online. On the other, there's the more traditional tabloid nudity. The question is, which is more demeaning? The WAG, the wife or girlfriend, popularised during the 2006 World Cup as a tabloid special. 
and stories, when they appear, portray women in stereotypes, emphasising the importance of women looking attracted, attractive and being a good wife and mother, sometimes backing up support for traditional roles or for promotion of deemed attractiveness with dubious science. Even reports of sporting prowess, they say, which appeared during the Olympics, made frequent reference to a sportswoman's marital status, romantic life and looks, rather than focusing on her sporting victories. you lot to be learned from this, hey? Just, uh, there's lots and lots of it. Just read you a couple more pieces because it's quite interesting. Uh, on Mothers, Siobhan Freegard, who's the co-founder of a parenting website, says the press is doing better, though. We've seen a big change in how mums are depicted. It's actually quite cool to be a mum these days, thanks to depictions of Peaches Geldorf or Lily Cooper as mothers before celebrities. In terms of passive roles, campaigners have long complained that there is a pronounced tendency across the whole of the media for women to disproportionately appear in passive roles, perhaps as victims of crime, instead of actually doing something. Edwin Smith once again says it's a symptom of how things have been. It's lazy, but it has more widespread appeal to portray women as victims, and the reader is more likely to sympathise with a woman victim. Um, just, oh, there is so much. Perhaps this really is something for another day. Uh, but just quickly, research by Women in Journalism says that looking at a month of national newspaper, newspapers found that men wrote three-quarters of all front-page articles and that 84% of those mentioned or quoted in lead pieces were male. However, there were some examples of successful women who the media jump at featuring. A woman being shown in a good light is Christine Lagarde. She's a superstar who is treated with dignity and respect. So you can't say that the newspapers ignore successful women. That's our Edwin Smith once again. And just while the tabloids seem to show pictures of scantily clad women, the so-called quality newspapers focus mainly on men. Author, broadcaster and feminist Jermaine Greer points out that women rarely feature in obituaries and are more likely to appear in advertising than in news. Greer recently did an ad hoc analysis of photographs in the newspaper The Guardian and there were five times more pictures of men than women. The men tended to be named, the women were not named or were representing something generic. And the focus on women's body shapes also has an effect, says Greer, quoting Adele, Kira Knightley and Victoria Beckham, the last two being uh, particularly skinny. Uh, she says it matters because women read it, think about it, and are constantly insecure about their appearance. Or what can I say? Wouldn't it be interesting to find it, do a similar study on women in the media here in South Africa? In actual fact, I think it has been done. And if you know more about that, won't you let us know? Pop us an email. We're at otherwise at safm.co.za. Or you can find us on Facebook. It's the Otherwise on SAFM. Otherwise, with Nancy Richards. Well, otherwise it isn't definitely enough for me for the time being, so let's get started with our very first guest today. She's from Limpopo. She's Julia Fani, and she's a self-taught author. She's a singer, songwriter, who has uh, especially concerned herself with women's issues in the province. But she does so many different things, it's hard for her to concentrate on anyone other than herself and her own three children. She is a 46-year-old mother of three, and I wonder if I were talking about a man, if I would concentrate on his marital status or indeed how many children he has, but there we go. But Julia has written 10 books in Sepedi, and uh, as I say, as well as being a singer-songwriter, she's also a motivational speaker, and we've got on the line. Hi, Julia. Hi, Nancy. How are you? Excellent, thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about you, because you're 46 years old, you're a mother of three, you are a very, very self-motivated person yourself. 
And yet you describe your early years uh, living there in Limpopo as being uh, just like any other girl from a very disadvantaged background. Tell us about your early days. Uh, Nancy, allow me first to greet almost every listener of SAFM and almost everybody here at Mzanzi. It rocks. It's my Mzanzi. It rocks. And and everything I'm doing is doing for it. We are now waiting a flag of wind for the whole South Africans. And Nancy, allow me to say, I am a woman. And a human being with, a t- with, with titles influenced by a special S touch. Instead of Mr., there is an added S that makes me be entitled Mrs. Instead of he, that touch again, that S again, makes me be entitled she, the added S in front of he. It makes me say, I am a, I, I am a special being with a womb, I am a woman, a womb, man, a, a, a man with a womb, meaning that I am special. And uh, I, again, Nancy, I am believing I am God's second creature after corrections. I think so. And that's why I am not an easy neck to crack. That's why I can stand all sorts of emotional pains and even physical pains. To me, what keeps me going is that uh, to be declared special, you have to do something unique. In this world, it's like we have ascended the stage. And the most important part is not ascending the stage alone. What is it that you are doing on the stage? Are you the protagonist or an antagonist? I have told myself, on this precious God's stage, I'm going to remain the protagonist. I'm going to make things happen. I'm going to not compromise about whatever activity I'm supposed to be engaged in in this wonderful world. The reason why I can do so many things is I have told myself to be declared special. I have to do something unique. I have unfolded the talents of Having that all those innate abilities to can write, to can write songs, in fact, creative writing at all, poetry, novel, drama, uh, all I can mention. Even the, even the strategic documents here at my work is not a problem. Saying to me, Julia, write for us a policy, write for us a strategy, it's, it's as simple as that. What makes me going, Nancy? I have told myself in life, and you, and you, all the listeners of uh, SAFM, that uh, as a human being, you have to be yourself. And again, that is the most important thing that you have to guard against: time wasting. A man who is wasting an hour in his life does not value the preciousness of life. That, that thing by its own keeps me going. It says to me, uh, whatever the moment I get in my life, I have to utilize it uh, preciously, preciously meaning effectively and efficiently. And therefore, having three kids to me, I just want to share this with almost everybody, with women, those people of my own and together with men out there that uh, having kids, having whatever domestic chores at home mustn't just 
made you sit at your laurels and saying, I am going to be defocused on doing other activities, but going to concentrate only on these domestic chores. You know what is happening? You will be wasting your energy for nothing. Did you ever see the, the beer fermenting and the overflowing all of its uh, contents in the pot? That's what we always do as people. See to it that whatever energy you are having doesn't overflow and get lost. Try to at least channel the whole of your energy to whatever everything profitable in your lifespan as a human being. I wrote, yes, uh, 10 books. It, it was not easy having three children as a parent, as a mother, and as a manager too at the office of the premier. And again, as a neighbor to other people, it wasn't easy as such, but having told myself, I am who I am, I know what I want in life, I know I came here in this world for a good purpose, I know there is the Lord who knows me, is the Lord who has, who has just planted all those innate abilities in me, all those things make me feel, really speaking, I tell myself on daily basis the sky is the limit. Wow. Well, uh, clearly you're not wasting a moment of your life, but I am wondering, nonetheless, with three children and a f what sounds like a pretty full-time job, ten books, when do you write? When do you do the creative work? Uh, 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 let me say, fortunately, Nancy and the listeners of SAFM, uh, maybe coincidentally, let me just say, it happened that maybe I, I'm having the husband who is very much understandable. You know, uh, it takes me all sorts of pains, uh, all sorts of uh, commitment, all, all that enthusiasm, all, all that dedication to what I'm doing. You know, uh, you can't believe it. I have told myself, in some months I sleep only four hours. Every day of my sleep is four hours. Until otherwise, maybe during the weekend, I just tell myself, okay, I just want to relax. I am an indoor person because I've got a destiny. I don't want to be disturbed. I value time. It, it, it is of precious. It is of essence. It is, it, I don't know how, how to put it, but what I'm doing is I am always running after time. You know, and Julia, I'm Julia, I'm... To save time. Yeah. Julia? It's a very, it is God's valuable asset. Yeah. Julia, I can hear that you have got a very strong message for other women. When you talk to women, clearly, you know, as a motivational speaker, you would be. Do you feel that, um, do you feel that you're getting the message across? Because I think for a lot of women, they feel a little bit exhausted by so many, uh, about how much they have to do. Is that the message that you put to women, that they must just not waste any time and get out there? Do you think that it's being received loud and clear? You know, Nancy, sometimes I used to tell so many women, women, let, let, let me just take you, let me just let you behind uh, doing creation there at the Garden of Eden. You know what happened? Uh, the woman was not there. There was God and uh, only Adam. But when the woman came into the picture, she was able to can influence Adam, saying, no, let's eat whatever 
in this garden. You know, the Lord is so clever. You will be knowing that you are going to be farmers. As women, by this way, I just want to convey the message that women wake up. We are very influential figures. We can turn this radically. But uh, the, the question is, we turn in this world uh, into a very positive uh, uh, manner, or are we influenced as we are, sitting down, gossiping, and and full of yeah. all those putting down syndromes, not encouraging other women to make things happen? Or I mean, I mean, that one is given. We are very much influential. Yeah. We are very you know what, Julia? We, we are influential, but we, we, we do have a time issue. Julia? 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 Yeah. Julia, we're going to have to leave it at that. Yeah. Julia, we're going to have to leave it at that, but thank you. Thank you for your strong, powerful messages. Very bit of luck there, and uh, good luck with your children and all your future endeavors. Thank you. Take care. Nancy, yeah. thank you all and all the listeners of SAFM. I say let's do it from Zanzibar. <laughs> let's do it indeed. Lovely. Powerful women we are. Women wake up with that. That was Julia's message. And you're listening to Otherwise, so stay with us. Join me, Hilton Tarrant, every weeknight at 6 for the SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. With breaking business news, expert analysis, investment insights, and the story behind the story, we're helping you make sense of the markets and your money. That's the Market Update, weeknights right here on SAFM at 6. We're moving on here from uh, Limpopo. We're moving to Nelsbreit next, and we have on the line our mole for for today. She's the editor of a magazine called Achieve, and it was launched back in 2011. She's Lungile Mdluli, and uh, we've got her on the line. Hi, Lungile. Hi, Nancy. How are you? Excellent, thanks. Tell us a little bit about Achieve. What are you achieving with the magazine? Achieve is a youth bi-monthly magazine with a focus on business and lifestyle. We cover a, run, a wide range of issues uh, like social health, uh, entertainment, fashion, and entrepreneurship. Uh, we started it in, in 2010. Um, I work with uh, a very uh, amazing team. We are hardworking. We are just a group of young people who strive for, for innovation and, and success. How many of you are women? Uh, it's, we're two. And then three guys. Okay, okay. In terms of women, I don't know how Achieve works. I haven't seen it. But do you ghetto the women's issues? Are there, are there sort of separate women's issues? Or is it just young people's issues that you're looking at? Yes, we, we, we cover issues on young people and also or, or, on women as well. Okay. Tell us a little bit about, you know, you are our mole for today. So tell us how things are for young women in Nelspreit. I think that you know, young that we have young people, who, young women who are who are doing a great job and um, who need support from 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 our local government. We have people who are trying to do. I know someone who is trying to oh, to start a, a TV station. I know people who want to 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 start a, an art gallery. And we 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 just a lot of uh, young women who are doing a job here. Um, sorry, the line's coming and going a little bit there. So you know a couple of women who are wanting to start a TV station and an art gallery. They're doing a good job, but they're battling. Is it money that's holding them back, are you saying? Yes, it's money, definitely. Um, 
you know, uh, funding is, 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 is very difficult, you know, but then they, 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 what, what, in, what motivates them is that they just keep on pushing and, and striving uh, just to do it for their own, for themselves. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about that motivation. We were just talking to Julia Afani earlier. She's from Limpopo, and she was, uh, you know, she, an extremely motivated person who is just out there telling us that, you know, you just mustn't waste a moment of your life. The young women that you come across, are they, are they equally motivated, would you say? Yes, some of them, some of them are, and yeah, we do have young people who are really trying, women who are, you know, who wake up in the morning and say, you know, I'm going to do something different, I'm going to come up with my own ideas, and I'm going to be independent for myself, and I'm personally uh, inspired by those women, that's, that's what inspires me every day, keep working hard and do it for myself. You know, in some ways it feels like uh, the younger you go, the, the less of a gender gap there is, you know, that the guys and girls are sort of equally equally motivated or not motivated, whatever, but they seem to be sort of more on the same page uh, when you're younger. Do you find that? Do you find that the, the girls are equally as go-ahead as the guys? And what's your take on that? You know, I think women uh, of today are very impressive, you know, uh, they say that toughness doesn't come in a pink stripe uh, suit, and that's true. Because uh, we have women who are bosses, we have women who 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 just work hard. You know, they just they're bosses in their own right. You know, earlier I was just mentioning that tomorrow is World Press Freedom Day, and we were just taking a taking a look at a report that was done in the UK about how much coverage is given to men's issues, how many pictures are used of men versus how many pictures are used for women. Is that an issue for you in Achieve magazine? Do you think, hmm, we haven't got our balance right, or is that not a problem for you? Uh, it's not really another problem to me. I think that uh, women are being embraced today. Uh, we, we, we are um, as equal as men, and uh, we are being recognized, although I think that we could get, get more support and more uh, recognition, the kind of uh, exposure that we need. Okay, so more support, more recognition. So your magazine, are you recognizing enough women? Or are you yes. recognizing women, do you think? Yes, we do, especially on, 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 on Women's Month. We cover uh, a lot of issues on women, issues that affect women every day, now everyday lives. And yeah. uh, we also uh, feature women who are doing great, uh, who have uh, small businesses. We support them and give them the right exposure. You know, we, 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 we want them to encourage others to do it for themselves. We want them to inspire others that they can also do it for them. Yeah. It's Yes, it's not about if you don't have maybe uh, there's women that uh, uh, do not get the opportunity to 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 go to school, but they have uh, their actual talents that they can use uh, to to make a better future for themselves. Yes, absolutely. Uh, hopefully, it's not only in August, not only in Women's Month that you cover yes. women. Get, role model? Who's who stands out for you as a woman in Nelspruit? I mean, who who really knocks your socks off? Uh, it would have to be Samgela Stemba. Okay. You know, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In fact, it was Samkela who told us about you. So yes. clearly, you're big fans of one another, which is a good thing. Lungile, yes. if also, yeah. also Pasta Offensive, she's a strong woman. What's her name? And uh, Pasta Offensive Pogo. Okay. She's she's 
kind of woman that I, you know, when she speaks, you hear her. Everything that she speaks motivates you to, to keep on doing it. Now, if anybody would like to be motivated and find out more about Achieve, can they lay their hands on a copy if they're not in Nelspreet? Or have you got a website? How can you be found? Facebook uh, page? The issue comes out in April, and uh, you can get it at, at Spa, and it's only 650. But is it only in your area? No, it's, it's, it's in Bumalanga, it's in Middleback and Bank okay. and, and our arms are free. And have you got a Facebook page or Twitter handle or website? Yes, we do have a, a, a Facebook page. It's Achieve Lawful Magazine. Achieve Lawful Magazine. Yes, but we're not over Lawful now. We've gone uh, provincial, so it's around Lawful. So, okay, so on Facebook, it's Achieve Lawful Magazine. Okay. Yes. Well, we'll check it out. Lungile, lovely. Thank you very much. It's been super and very best of luck with the magazine. Take care. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. I appreciate it. Lungile Mgluli, she's the editor of Achieve magazine. If you'd like to find them, check their Facebook page. It's Achieve Lofelt magazine, so do check it out. Well, coming up in the other half, or uh, coming up after the news headlines, we're going to be talking filmmakers, so do stay with us for that. But right now it's uh, news headlines time with Aureli Kalenga. Thank you, Nancy. Making headlines, President Jacob Zuma says South Africa will continue to work for the regeneration of Africa, which has been troubled for centuries. He was speaking at the memorial service for the 13 SANDF soldiers killed in the Central African Republic last month. National Police Commissioner Ria Piecha has been unable to explain how protesting mine workers disrupted the police's plan to disarm them on August 16 last year. She's told the Marikana Commission of Inquiry that the police had a well-thought-out operational plan, but that it was disrupted. And finally, South African swimming legend Karen Mir has died of breast cancer at the age of 60 in Canada. For SAFM News, more on these and other stories at the top of the hour. Right now you're listening to Otherwise Talking Women here on SAFM. Lovely to have you with us. Well, what we have in the rest of Otherwise, in a minute we're going to be talking to Danny Flockton, who has just sparkled in uh, Hollywood. She's just won the 48-hour film competition here in South Africa. Got to go to Hollywood and knocked everybody absolutely dead and is off to Cannes any minute, so how exciting is that? So she's going to be chatting to us in a minute, but first with a story that's lasted a whole lot longer than 48 hours is Tony Strasberg. She's a documentary filmmaker and she covered wars in Southern Africa during the 80s and 90s and already you can feel where that's going. It sounds quite hectic. She's written a memoir about her experience. It's called Fractured Lies. It's just been released and we have her in the studio. Hi, Tony. Hi, Nancy. Well, you're clearly a survivor that you've covered all these wars between the eight, in the 80s and 90s here in Southern Africa. It sounds like it was quite he- hectic as you look back on it. Do you remember them fondly? Do you remember them thinking, sure, I'm so glad I survived? Uh, no, I remember them very fondly. I think that this is one of the sort of tricks of war, if you like, um, that it becomes a very vivid time in your life. And one's heard of soldiers from Second World War and so on saying, you know, that was the best time of their lives, oh. uh, even though they had the most... It was the, the, the time that they were most alive. Mm. I can't say it was the best time of my life, but it was a very vivid time. Yeah, of course, not in all wars is it the time that they are most alive. I mean, you only have to look at the Central African Republic. Well, yes, we um, But uh, you're talking about wars in the 80s and 90s. Which wars in particular? Well, in particular, what I was covering were 
South Africa's wars in what was known then as the frontline states. So very much Mozambique and Angola with Zimbabwe too because Zimbabwe was affected um, uh, uh, through economic um, means as well. So it was about South Africa's um, incursions in the neighbouring states during that period towards the end of the apartheid era. Mm. Who were you writing for? The book. Yeah, no, no, sorry, no. Uh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, I'm, no, I'm, I've got my head into words yes. here. Um, who, were you, who were you making the films for? Well, most of my films were made for British and European television, mm. usually a mixture of funding from both Britain, Europe, and to some extent America as well. So you had a cut launch? I mean, were you allowed to show, shoot what you wanted? Um... I imagine it might have been quite difficult. Uh, let me just say that as far as the broadcasters were concerned, once the subject had been agreed um, and the proposal had been agreed, obviously I had to just go out there and do it. Um, when it came to the countries, Mozambique was incredibly cooperative. Um, Angola was the most difficult country I have ever worked in, bar none. Um, and for that reason, probably remains my favourite. Because <laughs> it was so horrible. <laughs> okay, well, Mozambique being most cooperative, tell us about Angola. Why was it so difficult? Was it, was it the people there? Was well, first of all, in those countries at that time, you had to work through a government agency. So we worked through a press centre, which was attached to a ministry. Um, and it was very, very difficult to get accreditation. No Western um, journalists of any sort uh, really went into Angola and was just beginning to open up when we came in. Um, they were not used to, they were used to journalists to an extent, but not used to um, filmmakers. So they arranged a program for us, which would have been great if we'd been print journalists because we were taken here, there and everywhere, but not given any time to do anything. The other thing was that we had to specify in advance what we wanted to film, and having and the first time, obviously, having never been there before, I had some ideas of what I wanted to film, but I'd never actually set foot in the country. I couldn't do that kind of research beforehand. And every time I said, but we want to film this, they'd say, but that's not on your program. Mm. And an argument would con ensue. There weren't security issues as well. Well, there were security issues as well, but that obviously happens in war. And yeah. you either, I mean, you have to be upfront with your crew before you go. If they're not up for it, then they mustn't come. Equally, you have to be aware of not putting them into unnecessary yeah. danger. Sometimes you can't. You know, I'm just it. thinking about the difference between a print journalist and a film, a film crew. Uh, having seen the movie Argo, you know, you don't move a film crew around so easily. With as a print journalist, you've got your, you know, your tape recorder or your notebook, or whatever, and that's easy enough. You can get in and out of places very quickly. What sort of size team? And in the 80s and 90s, I imagine your equipment was fairly cumbersome. Well, we worked before the digital revolution. Mm. We worked before cell phones, before um, the sort of computers we have now. There was no email. There was no fax when we were going out there. We used telex, and I haven't got time to explain what that is, but it's a very <laughs> primitive way of communicating with the rest of the world. We also, you know, had... Not large cameras, but we had 16 mil cameras. It was it was before you know the sort of the video days, um, and so we had a fair amount of equipment. But I always worked, particularly in this sort of thing, you work with the smallest team you can. Um, so I would take 
um, a cameraman and a sound recordist with me. Sometimes I used the local local people later on, and have a local fixer. Sometimes a producer with me as well if I was fortunate to get enough funding. But we kept it we kept it small. In terms of challenges, disadvantages, you were also a woman. Did that have an impact at all? Yes, it, I think it has a huge impact. I think it has an impact in two ways. I think it impacts on how I look at war because I'm not interested so much in the mechanics of war, um, you know, the guns and the aeroplanes and the uniforms and the armies and so on. I'm more interested in the effects of war on populations and in particular women and children and that's what I concentrated on. Um, but I think that as a woman working... I'm not the only woman who's ever worked in war zones, mm. but I think at that time I was more or less the only woman making this sort of film in southern Africa. Um, Africa is a very patriarchal place. I was working with all male crews, not necessarily because I wanted to, but that's how it sort of fell out. Um, and I came across a lot of prejudice. I mean, remember being arrested in Zambia and being held in some horrible place and he kept on saying how is it possible for one woman to be in charge of six men um, and you know um, well actually I had to get the ANC in, in Lusaka to come and rescue me but that's another story entirely well I want to ask and how is it possible for a woman in those days to be in charge of all these men and have ideas like wanting to look at war from a feminine perspective or from a female perspective looking at women as victims of war when maybe your crew had other ideas? They did. Did you fall into conflict? Um, at times, I mean, one chooses who one works with to mm -hmm. a very large extent and it's very important when you're going into a difficult place, whether it's a war zone or just difficult for other reasons, where you're going to be a small group of people, perhaps isolated, perhaps don't speak the language, um, you need to choose people that you can live with in this sort of situation. And obviously they had to be interested in the, in the films. It wasn't just let's get some jobbing crew along. They had to be people who really wanted to do it. But yes, I came across quite a lot of, you know, why aren't we doing this story? Look at that. Um, but it's not what I'm doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I cried every night, but that's private. <laughs> I mean, we laugh now, but I'm sure it was not funny at the time. Um, just lastly, Tony, Fractured Lives, reworking this, going back over it, pulling out all the memories from your notebooks and your, you know, the darkest recesses of your mind. How was that experience? Um, well, I remember the films and what I filmed very, very well. Probably because... Well, of course, yeah. yeah. But it's probably because you work with it so for such a long period when you're actually making the film, quite apart from the filming, the editing, and so on, that it's it's sort of seared into. Um, I have a very visual mind, so uh, putting it down on paper was much harder because when you're filming, a lot of the harrowing stuff that you're actually filming passes you by at the time because you're so concerned about, you know, is, has the cameraman got a cold and is he going to fall down or, you know, are we going to get kicked out of here or can they hurry up? So that the fact that there's a dying child in front of you h hardly registers until later. Writing about it was much harder. Hmm. I'm sure it was, and I've feeling that it would turn it would be very interesting to talk to you perhaps on uh, SFM literature on our book program find pleasure. out a little bit more about the book itself because it seems like it was a, give my language one hell of a story Tony Strasberg so. thank you very much the book is called Fractured Lies and read it at your peril and it's published by 
Majority. 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 It's funny. The book's funny. It's not just harrowing. You've got it. It's it's funny. We had funny times. Can you forgive me if I say it doesn't sound very funny? But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that there were there were some up moments. Lovely, Tony Strasberg. Thank you very much. Are you up to date with the world of property? For all things property matters, what are your rights as a property owner and or purchaser? Are you a tenant or the landlord and you need advice? What is the value of your investment in commercial property in South Africa? What matters are of importance in discussing land ownership? Trust us to simplify and help you understand the detail in all things property matters. Join me, Deneo Mulomo, every week on Tuesday morning on Morning Talk at 10.30. Otherwise on SAFM. Well, here on Otherwise, we're fast-forwarding ever so slightly, 20-odd years or thereabouts, because uh, next we have another filmmaker with us. She's Danny Flockton, and uh, she was nodding, interestingly, uh, listening to what Tony had to say. But let me tell you a little bit about Danny. She's done really, really well. She and her team were the speedy filmmakers who won the competition to make a 48-hour film. It was called The Present Tense. Present tense. Past Tense. Got to, got to get the tenses right. Past Tense. Um, not only did she win it here in South Africa, but she got invited to go to Hollywood where she competed against millions of other filmmakers and came third, which is really wonderful. Let me stop blowing your own trumpet for you, Danny. <laughs> Lovely to have you with us. Thank you so um, much. So the 48-hour film competition, we actually heard about it here on the program. Yes. You and a bunch of others yes. got given your brief. This yes. is your whatever it is. Off you go. 48 hours later, you had to come back with a movie. How long was that film? Okay, it was seven minutes. It has to be exactly seven minutes. Okay. And the idea, the idea behind the competition is that you've got exactly 48 hours to make it, and you have no idea what you're going to make a film about. You, can, you can't write the script before. Um, everybody arrives at 6 o'clock on the Friday, and you get given certain things. You get given the title. You get given your element, so uh, a prop. You get given a line of dialogue. We had Ach no Man. <laughs> then you get given a character name. Our character was Langa Olifant, and he was a conservationist. And then you draw your genre out of a hat. So given those three different elements and your genre that you've chosen, you then have to go back to the office and start writing. And your genre was? Uh, time travel. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> totally exhausted. <laughs> Absolutely. Tony has yes. gone quite grey. <laughs> So, uh, so, so where did you start, did you did, where did you find your cast? Um, we have we have a um, a couple of people that we always work with. So depending on what the script was going to be about, we could we were going to choose them or not, phone them or not. So we uh, went with two very good actors, Mzun um, Santiso and Megan Young. Uh, we've worked with them many times before, and so they were our two lead cast. And then we wrote the script on Friday night shot all the way through Friday night until Saturday afternoon and then had a miniature break of an hour and then carried on shooting. We edited Saturday night and then did the sound on Sunday and handed it in on Sunday night. Did it change very much as it went, went along? I mean, despite the fact that you had written the script, did things sort of move along? We, 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 had this, we have a team of script writers um, in the company that are just absolutely excellent. So we tried to get the script locked down on Friday night. And then there is always play. There's always play f- uh, space for improvisation uh, and workshops on the set. But we try and keep the changes to Any room for research? The conservationist might have proven a bit of a challenge. Did you, in yeah. what way was uh, Langa, what's his name? Langa, Langa Olifant. He was the love interest. Oh, okay. the, the story is a relationship story. Um, 
about a girl and a boy and so he was the lead character he was the boy his name was Langer and he was a hippie conservationist that meets the young so we didn't girl. go too far into what he did it was really no, more about no okay. we just kind of kept it uh, and Ach No Man did you mention Ach No Man was a very fun line to put in hmm. yeah um, it's difficult dif- very difficult working with these constraints but you, you just really have to try and make it work and fortunately Mzu is an amazing actor so he pulled it off brilliantly what did they make of it in Hollywood I'm thinking already Ach No Man and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what would they, how um, they go down? Each different, each city has the same, not the same elements, but each different city has to put in certain things. So each city has to put in uh, a set prop or a character or a line of dialogue. Um, so we were kind of expecting to see things that we really might not have understood. Um, but on a whole, the film was really, really well received. Uh, we were up against 22,000 other films. We were up against all the major cities. And Cape Town came second runners-up, which is third. Um, and we were totally blown away. We did not expect that um, reception at all. I think it was fantastic. 22,000 other... How many minutes did you say? Seven minutes? Seven minutes. Did, did, you watched did, lots of did, you, did you get to watch them all? <laughs> Some of we them? watched all the city winners. Yeah. So we watched each city... Um, and that was a brilliant process, watching films from Mongolia, watching films from uh, Melbourne. Uh, it was, and it really taught you how filmmaking is an international language. Um, we, we speak the same language, and we were all there. Even though we're from such vastly different cultures, such vastly different backgrounds, all united for this one reason, uh, it was a very exciting process. What did it teach you about working quickly? Brilliant. Uh, my team has made a, uh, a TV series called Here's to Good Times. Um, so we're very used to that. We're, we're a very close-knit team. We've been working together for years. Um, so we're very used to working just with one weekend. We've got to shoot a whole episode in a weekend. So that, all that experience taught us how to do this. Had you been given, well, even twice that, had you been given sort of like a, a week, or, you know, to make a film, would it have been very different? I mean, with the experience of what you've done. Yes. It's a strange... Yeah, I mean, I think... We were very lucky that we had all the right elements. Uh, we had a very good cast, very good crew. Um, this, we wrote a really good script. So we were very lucky. Um, if we'd had longer, maybe we would have changed a little bit of it, but I think we're all, on a whole, happy with what we've got um, and excited that such a short film, small short film, has done so well and is taking Can us. we get to see it? You can. You can see the trailer on our website. Which uh, is? It's www.benchfilms.ca.za. Bench. Bench, B-E-N-C-H. That's our company. Um, We can't show to the general public yet because it's going to Cannes. So we have to wait until Cannes before we show everyone. Okay, and then SABC, are you listening? Because hopefully somebody might take it here in South Africa. You're going to do what in Cannes? Is it going to be part of another? It's part of the Cannes Film Festival. It's going to be screened at the Short Film Corner. Um, So we're going with Bench Films and City Varsity. It's been a huge learning experience. Would you do it again? Definitely, okay. definitely. We do, we enter a lot of competitions. Mm. I think competitions and film festivals are the way for young filmmakers to get their work out there, um, to meet people, to make great contacts. Uh, it's an amazing platform. You know, when we talk about Hollywood, we talk about million-dollar budgets, trillion-dollar budgets. Right. We talk about months on end. We talk about people taking forever, building whole villages and all sorts of things. You put this together in two days. Do you, do you think it's the way forward? I definitely think low-budget filmmaking is a way forward, especially in South Africa. We need to be making films that cost next to nothing, small crews, 
Um, we, we should be making 100 films a year, not five or six. And that starts from really small teams getting together, working um, with people. I mean, for, for me, our next job is our next shoot is hopefully a feature film on a very little budget. And we want to try and make lots of them. And no doubt we will hear right about it here on uh, Otherwise. It's been an absolute pleasure, Danny Flockton. Thank you very much. Well done. Very best of luck in Cannes. Thank you. And uh, next up here, it's uh, time for Sharp Shop, the children's programme.